Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello! It is so absolutely exciting to be here with you today. I've got a game changer in the house. Her name is Carissa Kranz. She is extraordinary. Vegan from birth, turned professional ballerina, turned lawyer, turned prosecutor. And then she started her own law firm. And as if that's not enough, she starts B-Veg Vegan Certification Company that is the international standard for vegan products. Take it away, Carissa. Tell us what your company is, and then we'll go back and deconstruct your life. Thank you, Jane, and thanks for the great introduction. So B-Veg International is a vegan certification firm. We're like the good housekeeping seal of approval for vegan products and vegan claims. And what's really a game changer for us is that we're bringing the word vegan into the legal arena so the word can be protected and actually carry weight for those that are expected consumers looking at ingredients on products wanting and expecting a vegan claim to mean something. The reality is, is today the word vegan is not defined legally in any one jurisdiction around the world. So manufacturing facilities, brand owners, private labels can label vegan on their products and have zero accountability and zero integrity and zero definition to what that vegan claim means. So at BVEG, what we've done is we've addressed a standard and built a standard that's very robust. We've worked with industry experts in food safety, like uh, David McGee, who's our chief compliance officer with Hayfields Consultancy and the only vegan food safety auditor in the UK. We've worked with Material Innovation Initiative for our textiles and fashion standard and other industry experts to to bring a standard to the people so manufacturing facilities can be held accountable to their vegan claims and hopefully in time not be allowed to label vegan unless it's been audited and certified vegan by an accredited certification body. So at BVEG, we're the first in the world to become ISO accredited, which is by the International Standardization Organization under 17065, that's for product certification and services. And then under ISO 17067 as a conformity assessment program, which means certification bodies around the world now have a turnkey standard to use that's uniform in application for audits and checklists and the entire process from A to Z to train auditors on so vegan can have a single definition and vegan can mean something. And when you see a vegan claim on a product that's certified by BVG, you know it has been checked verified, audited, lab analysis, gap analysis, root analysis, um, et cetera, up to GFSI, which is Good Food Safety Initiative Standards, in a, in a way that's unprecedented in, um, for the vegan world. Did I mention she's smart too? <laughs> Thank oh you. my gosh. Now, I wanna give a little backstory about how we met. I spent almost 40 years in mainstream media, working in local news all around the country, 
uh, Philadelphia, Minneapolis, New York, LA, New York, LA, New York. <laughs> and uh, then I uh, ended up uh, doing a show on HLN for several years. And Carissa also is in that arena. She's been on numerous um, network and cable TV shows. And so we just sort of started chatting about that. Somehow, I don't even remember how we met. Uh, we've both been on, obviously, we, I was a, a show that came on before Nancy Grace. And so I often filled in for Nancy Grace and you've been on Nancy Grace. And all of a sudden we started talking and it was like, oh, you're, I know you're vegan, Jane. And she said, I'm vegan from birth. Now, you don't meet very many people who are vegan from birth. So tell us about your extraordinary story um, because obviously you are a living example, super fit, a professional dancer, along with being a prosecutor. So any of these suggestions that somehow veganism makes you weak, or I've heard all sorts of nonsense, conspiracy theories about veganism, you shatter every single one of them. Tell us about your journey. I mean, I, you could do that for years, but give us the, 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 the synopsis of your journey to where you are today. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I was born and raised vegan. My great-grandfather started the vegetarian diet in my mom's side of the family. So my mom actually turned vegan before she had me and had a vegan pregnancy, which now is more common, but even now not so common. But back then it was taboo and unheard of. So I was born vegan. Uh, then my parents got divorced when I was five years old. And my dad- and Hold on one second. Don't blame it on veganism. Here's one thing that happens with veganism. I, I could go to the doctor with a sprained toe and somehow they're going to make it about the fact that I'm vegan. Okay. And right. I say to them, but what about all those people that look like they're in agony on the gurneys outside? They're not vegan. Do you make it about the fact that they eat meat? Um, and so just because her parents got divorced, it's not because they were vegan. Okay. No. Most, most people get divorced. That's the sad truth. Right. Couples that remain married forever are, are really the minority in, to an extraordinary degree. Continue on. No, but when, correct. But when they got divorced, who was going to determine the nutrition of their child, me, became, became a parental issue. Um, and at the time, back then, the food pyramid had milk and dairy and meat um, and so my dad was truly concerned about my diet and eating habits. And my mom knew she couldn't control what I was going to do at my dad's house half the week. So she basically told me, um, you know, your dad's going to try to feed you chicken, fish, steak, do what you want, but this is what it is. So at five years old, I made a moral decision that I wanted nothing to do with eating animals. It was not something I wanted to participate in because I loved animals. So I stuck to that decision because I was given the privilege of being made aware of what is on your plate at a young age. I think a lot of us have the normalized violence on our plate that we're not even given the option or the consciousness to make this decision at a young age. So I grew up vegan. Um, I was bullied for it. I was made fun of for it. But it was a decision that I maintained and stuck to because it was my inner truth and I believed in it. So I would say I was more of a closet vegan. 
then my mom would make me lunches at school. And after getting made fun of for tofu sandwiches and other things she made me, um, I then had her invent vegan dishes that looked like the real thing, looked like egg, looked like meat, because I just wanted to fit in and not be made fun of, but I also didn't want to eat it. So I w- my whole life, I, I grew up as this closet vegan. And you're right, it never was a trade on my ability to think well in school. I was always the top of my class. Um, I went to Berkeley Law School and it certainly didn't help hurt me in the ballet world because I've never broken a bone in my body. And I danced professionally and got into all the top ballet companies in the world, like New York City Ballet, American Ballet Theater. So my vegan journey is something that has just been something I've lived quietly, not actively and actively, but not like as an activist on the street, taking to the streets. But I think, Jane, one thing I said when I was with you was I feel like I'm more of a pacifist and I made up that word, but I feel like I'm, I'm an activist in my own way because this is just how I live and nobody's going to sway me differently, but I've been less verbose about it because I've just been made fun of my whole life and it, it is just who I am. It's not until recently when I f- um, founded BeVeg in 2017, like five years ago, Um, that I started owning the truth and talking about the truth and becoming an advocate for the cause and befriending people like you and other great movers and shakers in the vegan movement, which I love because now I feel like I have this vegan family. But before that, I just lived quite silently with my choice. Well, you know, it's so interesting that you mentioned that. Jane Unchained News has been doing a lot of stories about people who are bullied. We just published this morning a story about Miss Montana 2020, who we entitled it Beautiful Vegan and Bullied for It. But she was. She's beautiful inside and out, vegan pageant winner. And when she posed outside a dea sign. She went to uh, a veg fest and posed outside a sign of a vegan cheesemaker and said something like, go plant-based for your health. And then she started getting hate um, messages and very threatening stuff. And then they started a petition to try to take away her crown. Mm -hmm. So when you're at the forefront of history, because what we're doing with animals today is absolutely unsustainable. It is destroying our planet. It's the reason we have a pandemic. Um, I mean, it's a zoonotic illness that jumped from animals to humans. You can quibble about exactly where it was first spotted, but it is a zoonotic illness. And we're facing other potential pandemics out there. We've got a swine flu in China that's jumped from the pigs to the pig workers. We've got a bird flu in England. Uh, So this is nature telling us, hey, 7.8 7.8 billion humans cannot be eating 80 billion animals every year. That's not sustainable. It's the le- it's a leading, and there's a very incredible white paper that argues it is the leading cause of climate change. Um, and it's, you know, today, uh, reading the news, I saw a little baby, seven years old, m- malnourished and dying of hunger. And it broke my heart. And it just made me also very angry because animals, farm animals are eating at least 36% of all crops grown. Some say it's much more than that. And if we took that food and diverted it directly to hungry children, we could end world hunger today. 36%, this is the minimum of all food grown. And when you see a seven-year-old boy, skin and bones, dying of malnutrition, it, it makes me angry when people say, well, it's a personal choice. 
No, it's not just everything's a personal choice. Committing murder on an individual human is a, is a personal choice. You know that as a prosecutor, it's a bad choice, but it's a choice. Every decision we make throughout the course of the day is to a certain extent a personal choice, but it's not just a personal choice. The world is at a crossroads right now. And that's why what you're doing is so absolutely important because you are bringing veganism into the business world. And we're going to talk more about your incredible organization, B-Veg Certification, and how it's helping companies establish a standard so that um, not anybody can just throw up and say, throw a a product up and say, it's vegan. Uh, I've experienced it personally when uh, before I was a nonprofit, we wanted to for a very short period of time, get companies maybe to, we would do advertising for them. And that lasted a very short period of time because we worked with this one company that insisted they were vegan, very nice people. But at the end of the day, their product was made from beeswax. And I said, beeswax isn't vegan after all this work. Um, So then we went nonprofit and we've never looked back. We've got a caller, Sarah, on hold your question or thoughts, Sarah. Oh, oh my gosh, Jane. Hey, um, so happy to be on. Oh, Krista, I wanted to ask you a question. I did hear a while ago there was some type of certification in Italy, and it was a like a vegetarian that started out to be, I don't think, I think they moved to vegan, but I did know that they were, there was one in Italy, uh, but I wanted to find out what is your what is, is yours just USA and Europe, or what's, what's, what's it cover, your areas, That's your question. favorite areas? So, um, b is global. Our trademark is already represented on six continents. And, yes, there are other vegan uh, trademarks out there, but they're not um, – there's a difference between a, a trademark and an accredited certification standard. Um, so I do know that BeVeg is the only globally accredited vegan standard, which means that it's really been checked with international standardization organizations that approve other standards like organic food safety, HACCP, um, IAF, SQF, BRC, all those food safety standards. We are the only vegan standard out there that has been built up to food safety and compliance and textile compliance um, standards. Um, I don't think forever we will be the only one. I assume other vegan labels out there will become accredited and uniform their standard in a way that can also be clearly defined and laid out. Um, And that's important for the vegan movement and for the vegan consumer to always know exactly what they're buying and to know that it's being held to a uniform, consistent standard. Uh, The B-Veg logo is absolutely good in Italy. We've certified products in Italy. I don't know the other organization you're talking about to, to necessarily comment on it, but I do think that any organization that is trying to hold vegan claims accountable is doing is doing a good thing. Um, but I think that when I know that what we have at BVEG is uh, really robust, it's a technical standard, there's audit checklists that have been made that are over 100 pages long that auditors are trained on to go into manufacturing facilities. We have robust training courses. We have tests that our auditors have to take and pass. We have 
courses that manufacturing facilities have to take to become a certified vegan facility, because the truth is these facilities don't understand what vegan is. They don't know what it means. They don't take the claim seriously. It's a joke to them. They want to label vegan to get the marketing benefit and the sales benefit, and they're using the claim loosely. They shouldn't be legally allowed to do that. They should have to label plant-based, not vegan, unless they're certified. That needs to be changed in law at some point. You are raising so many points. We've got another caller, Rosanna. Your question or thoughts? Hi, Rosanna. Hi, I just wanted to call in and say good morning. I, I'm sorry I couldn't make it on the show today, but wanted to call. Hi, Carissa. Hi. This and is Rabbit Hole Foods. Oh, yes. Rabbit yes. Hole Foods is amazing. A vegan product maker that makes the most extraordinary, like I'm just salivating now thinking about it, untuna, <laughs> unchicken, unegg salad. It's Rabbit Hole Foods. If you ever see it, grab it. It's fantastic. So, yes, what's your question or thought for uh, Carissa? I just wanted to... Um comment about how we have been with DVEG for one year and we're actually going through our renewal process, hopefully finishing this week. And it's just been so valuable for us to be able to quickly and easily announce to our customers that we are a vegan brand, we are um, contributing and creating food choices, and we're, you can feel trusted that we've gone through all of the uh, audits and points needed to make sure that they're getting a fully vegan product. Everything's been looked at, all our ingredients, all our processes, and it's, it's such an important thing and valuable thing. We're thrilled to be part of eVeg. Yeah, it's just an assurance that people who are vegan, um, you know, it, it's like, I think we've all had the experience of going to a non-vegan restaurant uh, things have changed a lot now. Some non-vegan restaurants have incredible vegan options, but a lot of times getting something that tastes a little bit fishy or weird and going, oh my God, why did I do this? Because who knows what they were mixing in the pan or those kinds of things. When you're vegan, you your, your taste buds are really, really hypersensitive. And if there is an animal product or a dairy product there, you can definitely tell. Uh, and so uh, I want to discuss more about that uh, when we come back. We're going to take a short break. By the way, Rosanna, love you. Happy 2021. Let's have rabbit hole foods yes. everywhere because it's literally one of my favorite products ever. Um, yes. Fantastic. Um, and you guys are amazing, amazing people. And I want to say one other anecdote. Uh, they weren't always vegan. And correct me if I'm wrong, Rosanna. Uh, but they had uh, they went vegan, and then they realized their top selling product was tuna fish. And then somebody said to them, "A wise old owl, well, make your top selling product then the untuna." And that's exactly what they did. They didn't let that just short term financial gain stop them from making the right moral choice. They switched out, and now their untuna is which comes prepackaged. You can get it at Whole Foods and uh, many other stores. Uh, it's, it's like a top seller. Is that, is that a good description, Rosanna, or correct me? Well, I can tell you she told me that story. So, yes. 
Uh, the untuna yeah. is unbelievable. It's made chickpeas, but the way they do it, you can't tell it's not tuna fish. They use a little kelp. You know, it has just enough of that taste where you're having a tuna sandwich, but we don't have to overfish the oceans. All right, we're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All in, people. All right, we are here with the extraordinary Carissa Kranz, vegan from birth, ballerina, attorney, former prosecutor, TV host, and the founder of the incredible B-Veg vegan certification company. We were talking about how sometimes you look at a label and it says, it says vegan on one side and it says processed in a facility that also uses dairy. And then it, it kind of, you go back on your heels a little bit and, and there's that moment, well, should I get it? I'm not one of those people. And there are those people out there who say, you know, I feel like let's not make perfection be the enemy of the good. We, whatever causes less animal suffering and is better for the climate, I'm going to go with that. And I'm not going to quibble about those tiny little things, but I want your analysis of what that means. Cause I think a lot of people don't even know what it means. Right. And it's actually really confusing. And this is the problem with the consumer protection laws globally right now. Um, it's supposed to protect the consumer from fraud. And the real problem is that people are labeling vegan loosely and on the by themselves and then the packaging may also say may contain dairy or was made in a facility that has dairy you know milk eggs whatever the reality is is they should not be using a vegan claim unless it's certified vegan because 
then it's plant-based. And the truth is most manufacturing facilities are shared facilities. They're not dedicated vegan facilities, which means most vegan production runs are happening in these facilities that are shared and always risk cross-contamination and spillover, which could make the product not vegan. But this is where certification comes into play and why it is so important. Because if a product is certified vegan by BVEG, that means that the manufacturing facility has been trained on how to do a vegan production run to prevent cross-contamination and spillover. So those disclosures should not have to be on product packaging of may contain milk, dairy, eggs. Because right now, if it's not a certified vegan facility and the brand owner has all the right intentions to have a vegan claim, the truth is they have no control of when the vegan production run was made during the day. They don't know how the uh, procedures were washed. They don't know what happened in the packaging room. They don't know if the clothes uh, were changed or covered in the unpackaging room. The, the entire process was not risk assessed, trained, and been you know, like what's so important with this, with BVEG and the vegan food safety standard that we have and the vegan product standard we have is actually, and I don't want to get off course, but I'm going to say this, you know, we just were talking about before the break being in a pandemic and having, um, a disease of zoonotic origin, we are also have heightened consciousness right now about cleanliness and about spillover period, even if you're not vegan. So the truth is, this isn't just about being having a vegan claim. This is about having vegan, vegan safety, vegan integrity, and processes in place that are trained and that are, that are defined and that are clean and having standard operating procedures at these manufacturing facilities, which then will not mislead the consumer on a vegan claim or on a product packaging claim that might say may contain X, Y, and Z, which would give any vegan consumer pause because how can you have a vegan product claimed and then have it also say may contain X, Y, and Z. The reality is if it's certified vegan and accredited and audited and been through the entire risk analysis, gap analysis, root analysis, they've been through um, food safety, HACCP or SQF certifications and have passed, there should be no need for may contain because the vegan production run should be run at the beginning of the day. The vegan production run should have triple washed uh, machinery. The vegan production run should have no cross contamination. That is the entire point of getting certified vegan. And that is the entire point of having these audit checklists in place and these procedures in place is to train the manufacturing facilities to treat this as serious as it would kosher. I mean, when you see a kosher claim or gluten-free, which can't have trace amounts, but when you see a kosher claim on a product, it's kosher because uh, it's not a kosher facility. It's not a dedicated kosher facility. It is a kosher production run. It yeah. is a, I, I so, that's so key. And, and this is so important, especially during a pandemic where people are being told to wash their food and everything. We don't want chicken juice uh, from a potentially uh, problematical uh, diseased animal or an animal with some kind of uh, virus or bacterial problem or E. coli to get into our vegan products. We're vegan for many reasons, but that's one of them. Lizzie is on hold. Lizzie, your question or thought for Carissa Krantz of BVEG certification. I'm good. This is Nevi, N-I-V-I, Nevi Jaswal. Oh, um, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, how are you doing? Um, uh, so, Carissa, I, wonderful work at uh, Be Veg. I'm a big fan, and I had a question for you. And you know, with regard to 
a you know little petition that we've actually written to uh, the vice president-elect Kamala Harris to go vegan and, and for um, the incoming administration to try making some decisive steps towards a plant-forward economy. So my question really is, um, if the United States Department of Agriculture were to approach you and were to, in all sincerity, ask you what are the top two, three steps they could take to get the B-Veg certification, what would be your advice to them? Wow, what a question. By the way, Nivi... Jaswal is an extraordinary, extraordinary um, leader, a global leader of women, and recently led a summit that was on Jane Unchained of uh, vegan female leaders from around the world calling on, inviting uh, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris to to go plant-based for the planet and for all the other reasons, human health and world hunger, et cetera. Go ahead. Okay, so I think that there's a lot of um, loopholes and problems in the laws right now, and that's where um, we run into problems when it comes to vegan labeling and vegan certification. I think a really good start um, would be for, well, there's so many places to start. I mean, any company can come to us and ask for guidance and we can give them guidance. We have critical self-assessment forms that they can go through internally um, before even going through the certification process so they feel confident that they could pass it. Um, but I think, you know, really we need to begin with looking at legislation, um, right now, the word vegan is just not defined, right? So under consumer protection laws, there's other definitions for allergens and gluten-free and kosher and even halal right now. But vegan needs to make its way into um, actual legal definitions. I also think we need to be making some changes with our, our subsidies that we are giving to meat and dairy and, and reallocating those funds to go into maybe repurposing those farms and jobs and helping companies go through a certification process that means something. Um, recently, I know ISO has come out with um, defining a, they're in the process of actually rolling it out, defining um, a vegan uh, definition, not a vegan standard that's different than ISO 17065, which we have, which is a actual standard that you can click to, but just a definition. And it's, it's receiving a lot of backlash because those diehard vegans are um, attacking it. And I do think there are reasons to attack it, but I also feel like it's counterproductive to do so for a couple of reasons. Wait, One, I, I don't understand. I, I'm back here on planet Earth where we're all, we don't know all those acronyms. Okay. You're saying that this ISO, which remind us what that is, it's some International, big... International Standardization Organization. And they're so trying they're, to come up with a definition of what is it that's what does vegan, vegan mean? Well, I would think that would be pretty simple. No meat, no dairy, no honey, no eggs, nothing. That right. So there's, 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 right. But then there's also ways to do things that are, are practical, right? If you look at vegan society's definition of vegan, I think it says on their website, so long as practical. And you just said earlier, you know, you don't want to penalize brand owners for getting their products made at a facility that may contain milk, dairy, whatever. You have to stay practical. So I think that, you know, and without getting into the whole definition, I think that the point is, is it's counterproductive to be fighting what their definition is because it doesn't need to become so technical. That's why there are standards 
standards that are built that get into the technicalities of how to define it to keep away trace amounts. But I, and I, they're arguing a lot of the, the organizations that are advocating that ISO remove their definition of what vegan is. Um, and I think that's counterproductive because the, it's, it's actually a great accomplishment that the word vegan is being recognized and defined somewhere. And they want it to be changed to plant-based because they think that the ISO definition of their own definition, this is not the vegan standard that which BVEG is accredited. This is their own word. Like they have, ISO has definitions in under their international standardization organization. So just their definition. And I think it's so important that we keep the word vegan defined there but then understand that it'll be further defined in a standard. Because if we change vegan to plant-based there, then I think we lose our legal footing and our legal holding to actually build legislation and build rights for vegans. And this is critical as a lawyer. If you don't understand this, you need to understand that it, ISO is defining it for terms of food safety and standardization of um, claims. But as a vegan, you do not want it to be plant-based because if it's plant-based, suddenly you've turned the vegan lifestyle into a diet. And then you have the law recognizing vegan as a diet. And vegan needs to not be a diet, but a firmly held belief system, which likens it to a religion, which then gives us future constitutional protection as a class of people under strict scrutiny. Absolutely. Getting back to what I had said we just published a story on JaneUnchained.com today about Miss Montana 2020. They That's started a recall for her when they found out she was vegan. They wanted to take away her crown because she was vegan. That is outright discrimination right up there with gender, race, religious, um, ethnicity discrimination. We should have protections. I, I think every single vegan has had experiences where we've been bullied, where we've been put in a corner and told, you know, well, we're all going to sit here. You can go over there and have your vegan meal and been treated like outliers and um, uh, basically punished for our belief system that we don't want to torture and kill animals right, uh, right. because there's no need because it's killing us because we've got a pandemic because people torture and kill animals, because we've got heart disease from eating animals, cancer, processed meat is officially cancer causing. Uh, we, we want to eliminate world hunger. We want to reverse climate change, habitat destruction, which destroys the trees, which absorb carbon, which keep the temperature low, is response is, is primarily due to uh, development for animal agriculture. And so we're right. We're right. And they're wrong and they're punishing us for it. And it, you know, often we, we, uh, those of us who are vegan, you know, we feel like we're dealing with the flat earth society. And so now people are starting to wake up. I just saw Fareed Zakaria did an incredible story um, on CNN talking about a lab chicken and saying, hey, before you say, ooh, Think about the consequences of real chicken and the 80 billion animals we kill every every year and how it's devastating our planet and, and creating a risk of future pandemics. And so that's mainstream media finally starting to cover this. But we vegans, you, I'm sure, we've been talking about this for decades and, and being literally laughed at, laughed into our faces, ha, ha, like that. I've had people, professional people come up to me and go that, ha, ha. Like, I'm crazy. So, you know, there's a price to be paid for being on the forefront of history.
but who's crazy now? We've got an entire global economy that's collapsing. We've got, um, you know, 335,000. It's hard to keep up with who, how many hundreds of thousands of people have died here in the United States. All unnecessary, all unnecessary suffering because we as a species feel entitled to artificially impregnate, forcibly impregnate. Um, it's a, it's a, look, we both covered crime. That's where it's a rape, abduction and murder operation. Let's just call it what it is. The babies are taken away. Then they're all killed. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I brought up so many points in there. <laughs> so loaded. But I think that to start, vegan discrimination is a real thing. And we need to start bringing litigation and lawsuits in order to um, start defining and carving out our rights as vegans in this world as a protected constitutional class of people. I think that is so important. I know um, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission had a case where there was a vegan bus driver and he didn't want to hand out the, um, the coupons for the hot dogs and he refused and he was fired from his job because of it. And the EEOC actually said that that was discrimination and that veganism is re- should be recognized as a firmly held moral belief system like religion. So that was a case that went in the right direction and positive for us in the United States. I know the UK recently just came down with a decision protecting um, veganism as a firmly held belief system like religion. And it's just a matter of time before we start carving this into our, you know, equal protection clause to the Constitution under the Civil Rights Act, like you said, because it is just like gender discrimination and, and all marriage equality, disability discrimination, race discrimination, religious discrimination and prosecution, it's going to happen. Um, Yes, you want to We've jump in? We've got another caller. I love this, this topic. I mean, this is so important. This isn't just about food. It's about people having the right to have their belief systems. Um, Paige, your question or thought. Paige. Yes, I am on fire with this. This is amazing because you know what? I'm tired of having to, to say that this is about my ethics. And what I'm hearing is, and having a waiter or waitress look at me like, are you serious? It just has a little bit of eggs, has a little bit of dairy. You know, forget that. But what I want to point out is a a story I just heard about this gentleman, Jordi from uh, Catalan, who is best known for bringing a legal case for unfair dismissal against the League Against Cruel Sports. He argued that he was dismissed because of being an ethical vegan. And in a landmark ruling, the judge ruled, ruled that ethical veganism is a philosophical belief and therefore ethical vegans should be afforded legal protection from discrimination in Great Britain. Why isn't that happening here in the United States of America? This needs to happen in 2021. Carissa, and we are on with Carissa Kranz. That's an incredible point, Paige. We're on with Carissa Kranz, who is a former prosecutor. I see you. I envision you arguing this before the Supreme Court. That would be great. Um, I think that this is happening here slowly in terms of case law. Like I just said, with the case of the EEOC and the bus driver that was fired, and then the EEOC came down with law in with the same analysis in favor of the bus driver saying that he should not have been disc- uh, discriminated against with his employment for being vegan and that he was wrongly discriminated against. I think that cases like Miss Montana, whenever we are discriminated against, I, you know, I have another thing I'd like to bring up with discrimination. 
discrimination as being a vegan here. When we go to Starbucks or to any actual restaurant and we order the soy almond milk option or the vegan option, there's always an upcharge. And what is so unfair with that upcharge is that is discrimination because milk and dairy and meat is subsidized. So therefore they have a lower rate to pay, but because we have a moral and ethical decision and choice, this is a case of first impression. I mean, these are cases that need to be somehow taken to the Supreme court, but we are discriminated against. I'm paying 80 cents more for a cup of coffee or whatever, a dollar more, because we want to have the vegan option. And the reality is, is if they're going to be subsidizing meat and dairy, then they need to be doing a calculation of how much more people are ordering the the alternative option and allocate that subsidy equally because separate is not equal. And that is discrimination against us as a religious moral class of people with a firmly held belief. We're not plant-based. You want to say plant-based eater? Fine. You can pay a tax like keto might pay a tax or South Beach diet might pay a tax. We're not, we should not be taxed for being a vegan. We should not be taxed because we have a belief that we practice religiously that institutions like places of public accommodation where, you know, places of public accommodation right now have to make accommodations for those with disabilities, places of public accommodation who are receiving subsidized products from the government tax dollars should not be allowed to discriminate and charge vegans extra money for the vegan options or the vegan alternative that is otherwise the same substitute. Not only that, but as you know, a lot of these places, they have dairy, dairy free, dairy free containers. And I have sat there and I watch, I haven't been to a coffee shop in a year, by the way. I actually order my own coffee from, um, I'm trying to remember the name, but they give a percentage to sanctuaries, the best coffee. Um, No, it's not grounds for change. It's... um, I'll find it. But anyway, uh, they give to a farm animal sanctuaries a percentage. So every time I have a cup of coffee, which I'm having right now with my Rowdy Girl Sanctuary uh, vegan uh, Texas cattle ranch turned into a vegan sanctuary cup, um, I know that I'm helping these sanctuaries. Um, but um, uh, I will look at the person making the barista and they're using the milk container to make and putting the soy milk in. And I'll say, hold on. I said, you're, you're using the milk container, the thing that's labeled milk to put the soy in. Oh no, that's, there's no, there's no training. There's not enough training. Let's put it that way. I'm sure there's some training, but there's not enough training to the baristas to say, Hey, this is a serious thing. I've had them again, get angry at me and throw the cup and like, you know, happening, Jane, at barista coffee shops. Imagine what's happening at manufacturing facilities where vegan products are being made. I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, um, you're bringing me a lot of thought that I have to reconsider things. I mean, uh, I have liked the phrase plant-based because it's less threatening. Because um, in, in some instances, like the younger generation, they love vegan. They love the word vegan. But older people are very threatened by that word vegan. You know, like it's some kind of hex that we're putting on people. Um, As if, oh, we haven't, as a human species, eaten fruit, vegetables, nuts, and grains since the beginning of time. Uh, The Game Changers, that great film, showed that the warriors, the gladiators, were 
almost exclusively plant-based, according to the diet analysis of uh, their skeletons. Um, so what I'm saying is I had been gravitating toward using plant-based a lot because it's less threatening to the general population. Yeah. Uh, and I think that people are more likely to say, oh, plant-based, I'll try it, as opposed to, ooh, vegan. Yeah, um, it's, so, so it's, it's a tricky wicket, but that doesn't, it's not an either or. We can, just like there are carnivores and meat eaters, okay, there's vegans and plant-based. So we can, it's a synonym. We're allowed to have synonyms. It's a synonym, but plant-based is not going to become a constitutional class. Vegans could be because plant-based is a diet in terms of food, mostly. Veganism is more of a lifestyle in terms of like your your clothing and your your furniture and having leather seats in your car. And it, it's a lifestyle of that's what we're doing with B-Veg. We, we need to redefine vegan so it doesn't have that hex or that scare or that threat to it. It shouldn't. And I don't think we should cop out and lose our vegan word and terminology and go to plant-based. I think if a product wants to label vegan, they can also label plant-based. They can do both. Um, but you can't assume that a plant-based only label means it's vegan, but you can assume that a vegan certified label is also plant-based. It doesn't go both ways because plant-based doesn't mean it's actually vegan. It means it's based mostly in plants. Um, and it's more of a diet. Plant-based is a diet. I totally hear you. I th I think for your purposes, we need to go vegan, 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 vegan. Or we need to just protect what for, the word means. For social purposes to shift a culture, I think plant-based can be less threatening. I was on a site that asked people to define their diets, and I couldn't believe how many people were saying checked off mostly plant-based, which is progress. I mean, if somebody's mostly plant-based, that means that there's a lot of animals they're not killing. So I think that there's, it's, it's about where we're going to use those particular phrases. For your purposes, you need vegan. Continue on. Well, I, and I think it's important that the consumer is looking for the vegan certified claim, because if they're looking for plant-based, then that means that the manufacturing facilities and the production lines and the washrooms and the unpackaged rooms and the clothing requirements are not being risk assessed. And there's, there's room for spillover. There's room for cross-contamination. And I think whether you're vegan or not, frankly, when we're in a pandemic, you want to have, have cleanliness. In your okay, I'm going to jump in because there's so many things I want to ask you. Uh, one, I want to talk about some of the companies that you've certified vegan and the fact that some of them are meat companies. You know, it was the head of a meat company, one of the biggest animal killers in the world. It said the future of food may be meatless. Um, it's like called hedging your bets or investing in the new technology, just like um, uh, internal combustion, gas-powered cars, are those companies are also investing in EV, electric vehicles, and even autonomous vehicles. It's the same uh, kind of, it's parallel. So tell us about that. Tell us about all the companies. I mean, you're, you're going gangbusters. And full disclosure, we work with, in conjunction with BVEG certification, and if you certify through the Jane Unchained website, we have BVEG right at the top, um, Carissa has generously offered to donate that to our nonprofit, which is one of the ways we were able to fund New Day, New Chef, our vegan cooking show that's on Amazon Prime Video, as well as public television stations all across the country 
84% of public television stations are running this vegan cooking show. So if you want to get certified, you want to certify your company, do it through uh, the Jane Unchained website and you help us spread the word about veganism. Proceed. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your big companies you've signed up. Okay. And I spoke about B-Veg on New Day, New Chef in season one, episode three. So you can check it out. Um, but no, so one, I think one of the companies you're referring to is Plantera by Enozo, which is a plant-based um, vegan certified company now out of Colorado, but its parent company is, who came in and bought it was JBS, which is the world's largest meat manufacturing plant um, out of Brazil. Now, on one hand, you feel bad for the mom and pop um, vegan brands that are struggling to get out there on store shelves. And, you know, you wonder, are you supporting a meat company by certifying their plant-based line vegan that they've launched? And I thought really long and hard about it. And the, the, the answer I came to is that it is wonderful if they're divesting. It is wonderful if they can feel the financial wins because that kills less animals. And they are hedging their bets, like you said, into a transition. They are going on, they're on a, a tour right now across North America in a van trying to hand out for free vegan burgers, vegan ground, vegan meatballs to homeless people and other people to try to spread the vegan message. And one thing that has made veganism so hard and that other people feel like it's a hex or too stringent is the fact that we've not had the accessibility to easy vegan alternatives. So to have JBS, um, who, which has inter international distribution and the biggest grocery chains across the world and restaurants have a line for restaurants and a line for retail chains launch that means immediate distribution in global retail chains, which is easy accessibility to those that want to try the plant-based lifestyle. And one th to go back to what you said earlier between vegan versus plant-based, you know, the Ozo and Plantera, they will say that their customer is not the vegan because they know they, they feel that same hex. It's the flexitarian is what they call it. But they're actually doing a lot of good with their certified vegan products marketing towards flexitarians because those that are going to get a burger are now saying, you know what, I'm going to be flexible this time. I'm going to try this, this other option that's plant-based and that happens to be certified vegan by B-Veg too. And all our certification means is that their production practices, their supply source, their line of sourcing their suppliers, their ingredient components, their raw materials, everything has been risk assessed, audited, looked into to ensure the integrity and the safety of that vegan claim and vegan food safety, vegan safety in general, and vegan integrity is should be big for anyone because we're in a pandemic where cleanliness is everything. So a vegan production line should be clean and vegan and should not have to be forced to face may have this, may have that on the label too. It should not have it. If it's certified vegan, it has been risk assessed, it's gone through the training and everything has been in put in order with critical checklist, self-assessment programs, and it should be what it is. Next. Now, I want to say that during the pandemic, we only got a couple of minutes, vegan products are skyrocketing. And mm -hmm. part of it is that people are reading about the fact that slaughterhouses are COVID hotspots. And uh, they're reading stories that uh, raise the issue of, well, this is was a living, it's, it's not like a can, you can wipe off a can, all right? Um, there's all sorts of icky questions. People are confronting the reality that 
uh, their patty didn't just jump from a, a hamburger patty tree. They're starting to see the, the process line, the kill line. I mean, the New York Times did a story where they outlined where the kill floor is. I mean, um, there's, there's uh, you know, truth bombs being dropped, let's put it that way, on people. So a lot of people are opting for those vegan products for cleanliness, for a sense of safety. Um, you know, tofu is untouched by human hands. You take a, a, a cube of tofu, which I eat almost every day, a half a cube of tofu, um, no, no hands have touched that. So if I wipe off the top, and then I've got a tub of tofu, that's absolutely clean food. It's edamame, it's processed. I've been into these factories. I've seen the tofu uh, go from the edamame bean into the tofu. Nobody touches it. It's clean, clean. Vegan food is clean food. This is one of the things I think we need to start pushing. Yeah. You know, we need to start pushing that vegan food is clean food. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, getting back to, I think the most interesting thing that's come out of this, which is so fascinating, we could talk for hours, Carissa, because you're just frankly brilliant. The more I hear you, the more I realize, my gosh, yes, that's why you were a former prosecutor who won so many cases. When I was a local news anchor, I used to have conflicts with the management because I didn't want to read certain stories that were considered kicker fun stories like a rodeo. And I would go in there and say, you know why those animals are jumping? Because they've tied their gonads to the point where it's painful and they're bucking because they're in pain. That's not funny. And I was a big problem, you know, stick to the copy is what I was told on uh, several occasions. Um, I also didn't want to cover stories where uh, some idiot DJ threw a frozen turkey out of a helicopter or whatever they do that involved animal cruelty. So if if vegans were a constitutional class, instead of just saying, I don't want to do this and having an argument and and really risking my job, I could say, you know, this is against my belief system. I, I refuse to read this and you have to accept it. Your thoughts quickly. We have about yeah. a yeah, and I, I think my thoughts should go align with this. You know, does everyone remember the McDonald's case when they were sued for their with their fries in the lard? And it was a big class action lawsuit, mm-hmm. and we won. Yeah. Um, and there's a Burger King case right now that um, was being cooked in the same grill, but they're saying zero percent beef when obviously there's cross contamination. Wait, it. wait, wait, wait! Because I came out against that. Okay, burger. Let me just say this. Okay, this is this is interesting. I think you know it's okay to have a dialogue and not a you know. But dialectics, argument and counter argument to reach a higher understanding of the given subject matter. But for me, I thought that's look, Burger King took a big risk and they went out and they started making vegan burgers everywhere, saving untold numbers of animals and opening the door for people to experience plant based. I had never stepped inside a Burger King in my entire life till I went live for the vegan burger ever. And um, people were ordering it online. No, but that's great. They should work. If you ask them, they put it in the microwave. But then somebody sues, and then we vegans are difficult. Well, we're yeah, so difficult. But, right. So, but here's the thing. Yes, we're, yes and no. But the thing is, they shouldn't say 0% beef. They should just advertise it as, you know, the, you know, whatever Whopper they want to call it. It should plant-based Whopper, okay? Shouldn't say 0% beef. But the reality is, is people are looking at this case, like the McDonald's case, like, oh, we're going to win this because we won it with McDonald's and they lied about the the oil and the lard with their fries. The reality is, is the McDonald's case was brought by um, a class of plaintiffs that were Hindus, a religious class. This is now being brought by vegans. We're not a protected constitutional class. So, 
when you get into the nitty gritty of this, I don't know how this case is going to come down or how it's going to be appealed, or if it goes on to some other Supreme Court appeal, how it's going to be decided. It's going to depend on the composition of the bench, frankly. I guess uh, we have to wrap up Voice America, uh, but I guess my thought is pick a better case because you don't want to punish some of the world's largest companies for going in the right direction. That's going in the right direction. Yeah, It's a big, giant bleep and leap in the right direction. And now McDonald's has come out with McPlant and they might not have done that if Burger King hadn't done what they'd done. So that's how society changes. And we don't want to um, let perfection be the enemy of the good. But I understand where you're coming from. This is such a fascinating discussion. Again, we could talk for hours. We're out of time. Carissa Krenz, B-Veg certification. It's bveg.com, right? That's right. Beveg, B-E-V-E-G.com. What a great company. You're doing incredible work. You're changing the world. Uh, and we're so excited that you have a show on Jane Unchained, a weekly show. And uh, we hope you join in to watch us. We hope you support janeunchained.com. If you have a vegan product, get it certified. And you can do it right at the Jane Unchained website. Um, thank you so much, Carissa Kranz. And thank you, Voice America Radio, our executive producer, Tacey Trump. And Andrew does a great job. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Thank you.